right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. Solly here, the uh, Kevin McAllister, the father of two. Mr. TC is here. Hello. hello. Welcome back. Thank you. Uh, DJ Pie is here. Tron, congratulations, man. Thanks, guys. Big Thanks, Randy guys. is here. Good morning, Tron. Let me echo congratulations to you and uh, your lovely bride. Thank Tron you. has a new perspective on on stuff, man. Oh, He's so, gonna have his best so podcast positive. ever. He's yeah. so freed up. Well, I do want to. I do want to request an apology from. DJ and Sally for having Max on without telling us and then getting into U.S. Open setup and trying to spike the football on us. That was a complete drive-by. We did not set that up. He, we said, Max, what do you want to talk about? And he just went off on shooting you guys in the face. So that, that was, we were not a party to I'm that. I'm just going to say, you know, of course Max thought, of course Max thought it was plenty hard because he missed the cut. Exactly. We, we're not looking for Max's yeah. opinion on the U.S. setup, U.S. <laughs> Open setup, respectfully. I think the viewers, I, I, I think what's cool about this show is we give them both perspectives. We, we gave them the perspective of a PJ Tour winner who was playing in the tournament, and we gave them the perspective of you two, and they can choose which one they, <laughs> DJ, they decide to I thought you were follow. on our side, but we don't have to relitigate it's this. It's not black and white. I choose, I choose parts from each, one, each argument. And also, it <laughs> should go to introduce uh, Mr. Neil Schuster calling in from somewhere, undisclosed location, as always. The Short Hill Sharp is here. Uh, thrilled to be here. Uh, the, if TC's Kevin McAllister, does that make me the, the crazy uncle? The, get out of here, you little twerp. I'm going to slap you silly. You're definitely I, buzzed. I think you're Fuller. No, Freddie's buzz. No, F- Fuller, what's the bed? I don't want the bed. <laughs> you're like the kid down the street who says, so uh, uh, I heard the McAllisters are going to Paris. <laughs> Bring me back to the French. No, does this thing get good gas mileage? I don't know, kid. Get out of here. No, I think you're. I think you're in a transition period between Buzz and Uncle Frank. Shout out to Kevin shout out to KB. Uh, before we get down uh, already several different wormholes, we're going to talk about our recent trip out to Oregon. If you're new to the, listening to this podcast and expecting more professional golf talk, you are on the wrong episode. We do this usually after, so we have a, a series coming out, video series called Taurus Sauce, season six. We filmed in Oregon in August. Uh, we've done this for several years now. Season one was Australia. Season two was Scotland. Season three was California. Season four was Ireland. And season five was the Carolinas. Um, you can find those on our YouTube channel. This season is brought to you by our hitters at Precision Pro Golf. We're going to be taking you through. We do a complimentary podcast to the uh, video series. Give us a chance to kind of flesh out our thoughts on the golf courses, the travel, and everything. If it is not your cup of tea to listen to a bunch of dudes talk about their golf trip, again, you have every right to turn your, turn your podcast episode off. Don't, no hard feelings. No hard feelings at all. Uh, we could totally understand that, but I know a lot of people love these episodes. And before we get going... We got to talk about, you know, the last time people saw TC hitting driver, you know, left-handed, it was a different driver than what you're playing currently. So tell us about the B21 driver from Callaway and how that, you know, has helped you straighten out your drives. Yeah. So I was playing the Epic Flash prior. So in the Wild World Golf, uh, everybody saw me playing the, the Epic Flash. Big left miss in play, ton of backspin on the ball. Getting the ball in the air has not been a problem. Like, I'm hitting it too high with all my clubs. It, if I may, yeah. it's worth repeating for people who don't know. You're <laughs> yeah. talking about hitting the ball left-handed. Yes. Yeah. And you're not left-handed. left-handed. Yeah, I've so never that, needed that a game sets, improvement driver right-handed. That sets the context for, for yeah. this conversation. But continue. Yeah. yeah, so we're like four months into it. 
uh, at this point. At, we were in Oregon, August, what, mid-August. August, yeah. So we were about two and a half months in, three months in at that point. So um, I put the uh, B-21, uh, Big Bertha B-21 in play uh, probably two weeks before the trip, three weeks before the trip. It was actually, no, like a month before the trip. It was aw- It's awesome. It's got a bunch of draw bias in it. It's just a slice killer. It helped me out so much. You know, some of it was mechanical, but some of it was just, I just have so much more uh, confidence in the driver and in the forgiveness of it. And I love the the aesthetic of it. It's like that dark blue navy, kind of like the Great Big Bertha Alpha they had probably, I don't know, six, seven years ago at this point. The Greller, people, many called it the Greller. Yeah, the Greller. Um, and, uh, and yeah, like it's just, you know, they just did a great job with it. The sound is awesome. I'm pumped to hit the rest of the... I was going to say, I was, they have, not only do they have the driver, and you haven't tried this out, but they, if, if you need help getting irons airborne, um, you know, if you maybe hit it a little, maybe as low as, uh, if, if you hit it and it stays under Big Randy's height, then yeah, you may want to look into the B21 uh, irons as well. Uh, they're designed with technology to help the golfers that struggle to get it airborne uh, keep it straight as well. So this applies. This also applies to the ladies. The the Big Bertha Reva uh, features a similar full lineup, same technologies. So it might be you that's in need. might be a friend that's in need. Send them to CallawayGolf.com slash Big Bertha. More info on the entire B21 and Reva families. The drivers, the irons, fairway, fairway woods, hybrids, and the Big Bertha Reva women's lines. CallawayGolf.com slash Big Bertha. All right. TC, why don't you are our resident uh, trip planner? I know uh, there's like an hour and a half long version of this story and a, and a two-minute v- version of this story. I'm going to ask you for the two-ish minute version of the story of how, uh, of how Oregon came together. COVID? We were <laughs> planning on going to uh, England in July. That obviously didn't happen uh so we said all right where do we want to go domestically and we had a few different options we landed on oregon we just figured hey you know what this is the i think the ultimate domestic bucket list trip and uh yeah so we and said, oregon is not just Bandon. correct we're going to get bogged down talking a lot abandoned and that that was a goal of ours also was to say like you know you had a trip out to oregon the year before where you played a lot of golf uh, in the in Portland and surrounding areas, and and it just stuck, jumped off the page as like, all right, the whole the whole state here is honestly up there as one of the best golf states in America. I think that at least for me, someone who has grown up very far from the West Coast, lived very far from the West Coast. Uh, well, to be fair, you grew up just just east of Oregon. <laughs> That's a really good and joke. Just right west here. of Chicago. <laughs> really good stuff. Got him. <laughs> now I lost my fucking train of thought. <laughs> No, what I was going to say is, I mean, Bandon was definitely the impetus, right? Yeah. Like, Bandon is yeah. the hook, and I think it's it's easy, you know, if you've only got room for one headline, it's it's easy to say, like, Bandon is really great. But as soon as you start peeling it back, it's like, holy God, there's so much good stuff here. To your point, like, we were thinking about other great public golf states, and, I mean, this, it's in the top two, three, at least. I mean, it's it's really fantastic. For us most challenging part about putting this trip together was uh, how much good golf there is in Bend, how much good golf there is in Portland, you know, all over the state where we just did a drive-by in Bend, basically spent one night there, played one round of golf in Bend. We, we could have spent six days in Bend. Um, and, you know, that's always, that's always a challenge with these trips. But I think, you know, getting the kind of getting some of that, like the a Cullen or a Carn or something like that, getting those into the fabric of of a season is always important. So, I think we've done that here, especially 
you know, episode one, we kind of let off with, with some of that kind of stuff too. So, well, and know, also just yeah. to Neil and, uh, and DJ had taken a trip out to Sylvie's Valley Ranch last year, came back and said, guys, we got to get the whole group to come out here. Uh, Neil's going to, Neil, I know that, that kind of fired you up a little bit for the Oregon trip and you'd been out to Bannon before. Yes. Sylvie's is near and dear to my heart as are Mike and Bruce, the goat caddies, but it's about more than the goat caddies. The golf is excellent. So we'll get to that. Yes. That is very, very well said. Um, and if anyone does want the hour and a half long version of this conversation, TC and I did a nest pod last night and, and got pretty steep on the, uh, the behind tell the us about the stuff. nest. What's the nest? The nest is a, uh, a group of avid golfers and, and, and a, you know, some added value with NLU. So nolayingup.com forward slash join. Go check it out. See what you get in the nest. Get involved, if, if you will. It's essentially our Patreon with no Patreon. Yeah. So if, if you're, if you're uh, interested, 8%. If you are interested in uh, supporting the program uh, beyond just listening, which is no obligation to you, of course, but uh, follow that link and uh, you can check out. There's a, a monthly podcast that goes up on that feed behind the scenes about some of the stuff we do and uh, listeners or uh, members can send us questions and we answer all those. So First, uh, first access to events, you get 15% off. In the pro shop, you get you all get kinds of benefits. Annual gift, yeah, all sorts of stuff. And they're all listed there. So, yeah, we'll get into some of that. DJ Pie, we've started, we're in the editing. So, this is coming out two days before episode one. You want to give us kind of a, just a quick run of show of what the season's going to look like? So, I would love to do that. Uh, it, you know, you never want to put the cart before the horse. If I'm being totally transparent, episode one's not done yet. So, I'm getting there. <laughs> uh, Episode one's a beast. It's a fucking monster, man. It's like four <laughs> episodes in one. So uh, we're we're trying to we're we're getting that done. But a couple shout outs, I will say, we brought along Ben Hotailing, who many people might know as the one of the brain children behind uh, Bruff Creek National, the the homemade golf course in Kansas City. That's a staple of our our message board, the refuge. Brain and children. I think he would be the, the father. father. <laughs> the father. Well, there was a bunch of other guys involved. No, the brain well. child. The brain child is some. Is the is oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Child. He's the brain father. Yeah. The brain father. That's a good nickname. Just one dad shout, not another dad. <laughs> exactly. And this is the kind of conversation I'll never know until you know I have a child of my own. But which, for for the record, Tron just had a second baby. I think we kind of zoomed past exactly. that. It's in unbelievable. The beginning, but I know. It, that just wanted to actually call out while we're congratulating. I have a cool you. wife for letting me. Take these trips while she's, you know, eight months pregnant. <laughs> the timing worked out great. We 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 planned it around the pregnancy. This, as well. Yeah, this podcast will be a historical document as Trod's last golf trip <laughs> <laughs> ever. Where are we go? So Ben Hotailing was yes. with us. So he helped a lot on the production side, and and an eternal shout out to him. So I think things look a lot better, uh, and we got a lot better stuff because of him. Uh, and also we had a friend of the program, Nick Kelly, on the trip with us, who is a immensely, incredibly, fantastically talented dude uh all all around so a lot of the drone stuff a lot of the um just a lot of everything looks better because nick was there as well so we're trying to ramp things up listen we respect your time we respect your uh the the effort you put into watching these so we're trying to pay back with a little bit of uh you know increase in actually being able to hear and see uh what we're doing on screen so we're working on it spoiler it's still windy out there it's still windy <laughs> it's still windy but we've got some solves for that so we're we're getting there well, we are gonna let's let's go ahead and dive into it here. We're I'm gonna run through the quick quickly the itinerary we had for the trip. Uh, we started in Portland and we did a little divide and conquer. Randy and I went to Portland Golf Club. TC and DJ went to East Moreland, and Neil and Ben went to Wildwood. No Waverly. Uh, we did not go to Waverly. We, we, we looked at Waverly. We no Pumpkin Ridge? Columbia, Edgewater. We looked at Pumpkin Ridge. Waverly would have been awesome with COVID. We just couldn't make it happen. 
Pumpkin Ridge, I just don't think there's a, a big story there. Like, yeah. yeah, Tiger won the USAM there, but overall, it's like it, it was built to host a US Open. It's in the middle of a of like a farm field. Just a nice, you know, yeah, just a like, nice place to play it, golf. It's on TV every year yeah. for the Portland Open. If you want to see that, just yeah. watch Portland Open. We then went up to Gearhart uh, along the coast there and then made our way down to Bandon, of course, played the preserve, then hit Old McDonald, Pacific Dunes, Sheep Ranch, Bandon Trails, Bandon Dunes, and also went out and played Bandon Crossings, which we'll talk about. Uh, hit up Bend on our way to Sylvie's Valley Ranch, stayed there one night and played Tethero with David McClay Kid. No pronghorn? And then ended at uh, Sylvie's Valley Ranch, played both of those courses, some of the challenge courses and all that, so... We're going to unpack all of that. Before we do that, TC, you are going to tell us about Wine Access. Yeah, this is wine, a TC special right here. It is. It is. I uh, TC we, made a deal. I made a deal. <laughs> uh, yeah, Wine Access. Um, they've actually, so it's basically you can buy wine online. Um, it's curated by, uh, they've got a master sommelier. They've got a uh, master of wine, of which there are only one of 53 in the country. That's that's ridiculous, really? by the way. Yeah, that's like that's like more rare than like a top shelf neuroscientist or oh, neurosurgeon. That's unbelievable. Yeah, it's like more masters winners than that. Holy shit, fifty three. Um, yeah. So wineaccesscom slash nlu, you get fifteen percent off uh, your first three purchases there. And yeah, so basically, the, I think the biggest issue with wine these days is it's tough to know what to buy, right? Like you just go in and you're like. You're looking at labels or whatever, and you have no idea how it's curated or how you know how everything's put together. Or am I getting ripped off and all that, sir? I don't know what to get. Exactly, exactly. People come up to TC in airports, like, <laughs> sir, I don't know which wine to buy. So go to wineaccess.com/nou and you get 15% off your first three purchases. So the part that got me here is it's you know the your direct line to wines typically reserved for industry insiders and Michelin star restaurants. And the in the barrier to the world's best wine isn't price; it's access. Yeah, it's in the name there, wine access. So, so check it out. There's a go to the on there. There's a um, you can shop by expert, and there's uh, Sir Lucero is the, one of their masters, and he he's got a 2017 Tenuta Tenuta de Fesina Etna Rosso. Uh, my wife and I drink a lot of Etna Rosso. That's a great bottle of wine for 25 bucks. You've got some great Oregon stuff in here. How about uh, that? Topical. Yeah, very topical. Oregon Pinot Noir. We had some on the trip. I, mean, I know you guys are fans. So, yeah, wineaccess.com slash NLU. 15% off. So, all right. First up, we're going to talk about uh, Portland Golf Club. And, Randy, you are going to kick us off here. Um, it's a big, big day for you. It's a rarity to get you know called up to the private club. Usually those days are reserved for Neil. <laughs> Should we mention the Edgefield? We first? should, yes. Yeah. I, I, I keep. We did a lot in Portland in a very short period of time. The day we flew into Portland, we went uh, to Edgefield. Why don't you tell us about that? McMenamin's Edgefield. Yeah. yeah, in keeping with, you know, we went to Kilspindy in Scotland. We went to... The Doolin Pitch and Putt. Yeah, Doolin Pitch and Putt. We've done, uh, gosh, what else? We did uh, St. Andrews Beach in Australia. We try to keep moving a little bit and get get active that first day when we fly in. It's always easier going going to the West Coast from the East Coast too. So um, we ended up going out to McMenamin's Edgefield and uh, they've got what like like 30 holes out there. Something a that, lot. Uh, not a lot of acreage and a bunch of little pitch and putt holes, which I know is maybe I should let you lead yeah. us off because I know you love exactly. pitch and putts, Randy. It was yeah, it's cool. It's my fair way to lead off all of these things. <laughs> <laughs> Exceptionally fun uh, area though. Nice little dining area, great place to have a beer, and low key my favorite thing. You can pick your own berries right off, you know, right off each hole. Get a little 
little nice snack for yourself. Neil, oh, did yeah. it did it have pitch and putt bona fides? I think it did. Yes, it had some some uh, good elevation change, which you don't see a lot with with pitch and putts. A lot of times, you know, you're playing a, a very flat piece of property. Um, there's another pitch and putt Lakeview part par three challenge course that I played after a while, but we can talk about that in a second. But I'd say two good par threes on the front end of the trip and then the challenge courses at Sylvie's. So we touched on a lot of them. So uh, Edgefield was great. We played with Nick Molfler, Ian Kritzer, or Ian Kreitzer, excuse me, from uh, uh, McKenzie Golf Bags. And then... Uh, also the Northwest Golf and Guys. Then, yeah, and then Zach and Travis, and Travis from Northwest Golf Guys who uh, helped... Im- actually, all four of those guys helped immensely with planning this and just bouncing ideas off of them and, and just looking like I looked at every basically pulled up Google Maps and and went down the coast and then all through the state and looked up every single golf course in the whole state just to see <laughs> just to make sure we weren't like no one's doing that you know like on satellite just because you know some stuff's not even listed right. on Google or they don't even have a website or whatever yeah so yeah that's wild man the vibe out there was it was just like it was golf reimagined a little bit for me in terms of just like it's just like a, a retreat there. Totally. And there's just a bunch of little greens and and it took up such little space and it was so we saw people out there that look like they'd never been on a golf course before. And I mean that in the best possible way of like why why isn't there more of that? It's so much less land. I imagine it was like it's it's super affordable for almost anyone and it's like a fun evening activity that a lot of people were doing out there that like it, the greens were great and everything. I, I thought it was it was super and cool. And it's fun to see Ben go out and play courses like that because yeah. that's what he plays at home, right? With, uh, with uh, Bruff Creek and just seeing the wedges that he imagines and flights in there. Maybe the best wedge game on the planet. Yeah, I forget who said it, but what an optimal spot for a date night. Yes, what a what a cool spot. Listen, it's you know, Neil like like most pitch and putts. I think the secret is it's it's about a lot more than the golf out there. Yes, the uh, the date spot instead of the you know uh, putt putt. I think pitch and putts are are the optimal third date to be specific, DJ. Yeah, oh, he's got a game, a blueprint for this. <laughs> well, I think so because you know the first one you go out to dinner and then maybe you do dinner again, but then you kind of want to see, hey, you know, it's is somebody athletic and they move like you know what? How do the yoga pants look? Let's let's uh, let's ex- let's explore this a little bit. You're a sick guy. <laughs> yeah, you're a bad guy. Ugh, God, we got Randy. Clean, we gotta clean Randy. This up. Would be the expert on this, Randy. What do you think about that? I, I think you're exactly right. I fully endorse. You know, you, you got to get out and get active. You got to see, uh, you know, uncomfortable situations. Can you interacting ima- with other people? That's that's key. Can you imagine showing up for a, a third date with Big Randy, where he's talked about how he owns this golf company, he's dedicated his whole life to golf, and then he just pitches the whole time about how much he hates pitch and putt courses. <laughs> I, this is fucking like miserable. I hate this. Uh, I'm trying to grind. In general, I think McMenamin's what a what an uh, you know a, a stand up Oregon uh, organization like just a just a, the pride of Oregon right there. I don't think they have anything outside of Oregon, but they were all over the place and very creative. You know, activities plus beer plus food. I, I think McMenamin's is a is a winner. I think we can shout them out a lot more when we get to Gearheart. Yeah. yeah. Well, let, so we did a little divide divide up and show off uh, some of the offerings that Portland Golf has has to offer. We had one private course, two public courses. Um, so, Randy, well, let's go first to Portland Golf Club. Um, I, th- I believe you mentioned always a thrill to play a, a golf course that's named after the city. You know it's old school. That's right. I was going back uh, in my memory bank trying to think of other occurrences, and, and it's pretty few and far between for me. 
TC's got plenty if you want to go through. <laughs> TC through started naming like you know at least a dozen. Uh, it, uh, Port, Atlanta Country well, it's Club, Boston when you have Golf Club, Golf Club versus Country Club. That's true. So. You know, TC's got his own rankings like, for both. Like San Francisco Golf Club. Of course. I'm not aware of a San Francisco Country Club. That's I'm not, right. I'm That's not right. aware of a Portland Country Club. I'm aware of a Portland Country Club in Portland, Maine, but not Portland, Oregon. We can do a whole podcast where TC breaks down the, the difference in vibe between San Francisco Golf Club and Los Angeles Country Club. <laughs> That's right. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> Portland, Portland Golf Club, very, um, you know, just, just a nice, proper... It was just stellar. It was just class. Private, it was private course. I, you know, the big big flagpole out front. Uh, the clubhouse was pretty cool. Uh, got a warm welcome from the uh, the head pro Tim. Lots of history in the club. So the Portland Golf Club hosted the 1946 PGA Championship, the 1947 Ryder Cup. Really, the Ryder Cup that saved the Ryder Cup. What, is that, what does that mean? What does that mean? How can you make a claim like sick. that? Well, they had canceled the Ryder Cup for several years with World War II uh, going on. It was supposed to be here in Ponte Vedra. Exactly. In 39, and, uh, yeah. Ponte Vedra and Club. So we go into this much more in our video, but uh, the, the short story is a, a businessman from Portland invited the GB&I team to come out to Portland. He took a train to Chicago and met them in Chicago and then rode with them from Chicago all the way out to Portland. Essentially, you know, help subsidize, pay their way, to get them to come and, and to continue the Ryder Cup. The U.S. waxed them that year, uh, but it got it back in, you know, it, they, they played another Ryder Cup, and from then on uh, it was every two years, and, and the tradition continued. So, I, and, and then a number of, you know, USGA senior uh, open, senior am, uh, women's amateur championship. So a, a very proper golf course. I, I think that's what, you know, you your big takeaway was, Solly. Well, it was like the – we caught Oregon golf in the best possible month. We went in August, and we got Portland Golf Club in the best possible conditions. It, the super firm greens, very undulating, and it, the whole golf course was like that exercise. It was you had to take on, you know, bunkers are very well placed because you got to land shots short to try to run them on. There's nothing that was hitting and stopping, and it, it, that kind of charting your way around a golf course is my favorite style of golf to play. And there was just so much going on in the greens, yet they weren't gimmicky in any way. And I wanted like five more shots at that course. I had such a blast, and uh, it, it just like activated everything that I'm looking for out of a round of golf within me. I, I think too, you know, if you close your eyes and picture what a Oregon, you know, kind of inland Oregon course looks like, not not Bandon necessarily. I, I think most people picture the big fir trees, the kind of like Eugene Country Club or like Sahali exactly, or something. Exactly. Like that. that that's what Portland had a lot of those vibes. What I really loved. It was like walking through an arboretum. They had every kind of tree had a little placard on it uh, identifying what kind of tree it was, which was so cool. Um, Golf-wise, though, I was going to say, there were so there was so much subtle slope in those greens. Uh, we, we had a heck of a time. And some not-so-subtle at, at times, too. Right. Aiming putts 20 feet left, and they were rolling really, really good. To your point, too, that it's a lot of trees on the property, but they're all the corridors are wide. They're set pretty far back. It's not overgrown. It's not growing into the fairways. And at no point do you feel kind of strangled between between trees. A lot of land movement in it, too. It was just an old classic, classic country club that, uh, gosh, I I believe when we'll get to Gearheart, too, I said I'm in love with Portland Golf Club and I'm in lust with Gearheart because I had a, a different feeling at Gearheart in, in a in a 
Just touched a different part of my loins, I guess you could say. <laughs> I would not do the pitch and putt date. Things <laughs> might get out of control. Oh, that, was, that was vivid. That was let's, a graphic uh, metaphor. Let's, let's uh, go to East Moreland. Let's do that. Well, you used the word strangled. That's a great one to describe, uh, I think, how you feel standing on the tee box at East Moreland. Is that fair, Tron? Uh, yeah. I mean, you could say strangled. You could say um, Choked a- out. anxious. <laughs> we, we counted them. There's nine and a half million trees you, you on, could say safe on the golf course. <laughs> Uh, East Moreland was awesome in so many ways. I, I absolutely loved it. I'm so glad we saw it. Uh, it was the kind of muni that every it would make every town in America better. You know, it's just like the kind of place where it seems like a total meeting place uh, for for golfers in the community. Yeah, like, very, like the, everybody knows everybody kind of a vibe. The first tee is like right there. It's kind of this like natural amphitheater. Yeah, there in this old clubhouse, massive, uh, massive range like double decker range or triple decker range and then chandler egan design 1918 uh right right next to this you know massive train tracks and it, it was kind of it's like wedged into it between a neighborhood and train tracks and a highway and all this stuff it's it's a really interesting routing it's too. just I, I mean i know there's a cliche but it's it is just woven into that part of town you know what i mean like it's been there forever and everything kind of built up around it rather than you know clearing out a bunch of shit and putting it in a golf course phil knight Grew up like yeah. across the street. You got uh, the shoe dog himself. Yeah, the guy that uh, wrote Caddyshack. I guess that was where that's where he played golf. Yeah, so. it, it was it was or, fantastic. Sorry, sorry, Tin Cup. The guy Tin Cup. Yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, the thing that stood out to me, and I, I kind of noticed it just from editing the Portland Golf Club stuff too, is uh, maybe this is dumb, but when I picture all those golf courses, you said uh, the big, massive fir trees and all of these things. Like you just picture these golf courses to be sopping wet. Mm-hmm. Like it just looks like there's a, like there's a, a fog and a mist just around all the time. It was so firm. It was, it was balls are bouncing like crazy out there. We got choked out. We got sopping wet. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Rated yeah. our oh, it was, it was, oh, that was, that was, was a yeah, that was, on that was on you. It was yeah. concrete. Out there. Honestly, we, that like on a not really funny, we got to Oregon just before all the forest fires That's really true. popped off. So I think that firmness and the dryness uh, certainly played a part in that uh, a few weeks later. Yeah. And the, I mean, the tree, like to be fair, like Eastmoreland, it was, it's the most overgrown golf course I've ever played. It, it, it's it's good. That is going to pop on video. That's for sure. Uh, to, to set the scene here for this golf course, it looks like I, I'm seeing the most expensive you could possibly pay at or at East Moreland on a Friday, Sunday, or Friday through Sunday or holidays in peak season is forty five dollars. And that, that's such a deal. Like it was. I, I know we said this in the video too, but there's plenty to be said for taking trees out and width and angles and all of those things, but. There's also something to be said for just variety of the challenge, right? If every golf course you played was was wide open and treeless and like things would be pretty fucking boring. So right. it's Gary. It's fun to yeah, exactly. Had, it's Mr. The, Player, the tree hugger, would love this golf course. They had the nineteen ninety uh US Publinks out there. Um so I mean it's it's a proper course too. It's not a it's not a you know, it's it's quirky, but there's some like there's some real golf holes. And they there. still have the I believe uh I believe they were saying the longest running city championship on the west coast yeah. they're, they're over 100 years uh, and they have it every year at east moreland and you go out there and it's one of those places at least for me like playing the first three four holes when they told us that i was like oh, okay this is this place is really short it's only like 6500 yards from the tippy tips and the greens aren't there's a lot of slope but there's not crazy dramatic slope and so you kind of feel like even playing the first few holes you're like gosh someone's gonna shoot 50 out here like this to people who play here all the time could pick this place apart and 
the the boys the boys we're playing with are like now if you shoot even over like three days like you're you're in the hunt man like it's yeah. it is not that kind of golf course there's so much subtlety to it and there's a lot of just you have to be in the exact right spots it's, in the it's fairways. all course knowledge too yeah. like i mean there, there, there are a few holes where dj hit what he thought was a perfect shot and he's like you know blocked out by like 20 yards like not even close <laughs> no. I mean, in the middle of the fairway and like completely blocked out by a tree that's like 180 feet tall <laughs> there's a particular clip <laughs> yeah. that i'm very much looking forward to people seeing so um, it, it was awesome i loved it. it it neil why don't you take us to you and ben went to wildwood take us there without spoiling what uh there's gonna be a very fun fun ride uh in this episode so don't spoil that part but tell us about wildwood Wildwood, uh, a.k.a. Six Flags over Portland. Complete theme park. I don't know a ton of history about it. I was trying to look it up before this, and, and uh, I, you know, I sat down with a couple guys that work there and uh, play out there a lot, play with a couple of the Northwest golf guys out there with Ben. I don't think the history really matters, though. It just it felt like the West Coast, like massive. Um, it was like in the mountains, massive elevation changes, like circus shots. It, it felt like Fantasia a little bit. Um, so it was just a really fun round of golf. Um, I would also say it had a really strong vibe around the clubhouse. It's the clubhouse is up on this hill and like the 10th tee is maybe five feet from the, you know, patio. So you could see like, feels like the kind of place where there's men's league going on every night and guys are just heckling each other. And, you know, there's no no pretension out there. So I felt right at home and, and really enjoyed that round. My favorite hole, like to give you a sense is number nine. It's like this drivable, uh, par four. And there's these massive, uh, like industrial power lines that like run down, like over probably like a hundred feet over the fairway, like right down the middle of the fairway. So it almost looks like a bowling alley and it's crazy, right? Exactly. It does look like a, like a ski lift. And you know, you're almost using the power lines. It's like, all right, I'm going to try to put this ball like up the left side of the power lines and drop it down the middle of them by the green. Um, so it was just like like shots like that that were, you know, maybe unintentionally fun. I felt like I was hitting a lot of those kind of kind of shots. Like every hole, you're like, man, what is this one doing uh, on the tee? So we had a. It was a great, uh, I guess, great first impression of uh, Portland golf for me. I'll tell you, going through the footage, Neil. I'm not saying I didn't want to play Eastmoreland. I'm just saying, like, watching the Wildwood stuff, I was like, oh, my God, I want to play this place. This looks so fun. It just looks wild. You, all you got to do is look at the scorecard. Like, the, so many, like, gettable par fives, drivable fours. It's, like, a little under 6,000 yards. I immediately, like, went to go look up the scorecard after watching your guys' footage and was like, damn, I really, really want to play around a golf there. That was one that Ian Kreitzer was super, like, adamant. He's like, go play that place. The uh, Zach and... And Travis were like, why are you going to play in that place? <laughs> like, and so like that third course was kind of one that we struggled with. We were like, all right, do we go out east and do something out, you know, on the Columbia River Gorge and see that part of the state? Or do we, you know, stay in Portland and play one of the other, you know, city courses in Portland? Or, you know, hey, get out, you know, either get down in the wine country or get out kind of west of the city. So... Uh, and then Neil, take us. You uh, you tacked on a little bit of a, a some more pitch and putt activity briefly. If you could take us through uh, Lakeview. Yeah. So then Ben and I hopped back in the car and drove up, crossed into Washington, and uh, the brain father, uh, a couple a couple of uh, pitch and putt enthusiasts. So it's it's this Lakeview par three challenge course. There's you know a trailer park out back. It it was a blue collar vibe out there, and that literally felt like a blown up version of of. Uh, miniature golf like Tron and I used to play with our grandparents growing up at this place Fantasia you know and it had like the big uh, like cement lakes with like the blue water and you know these crazy 
yeah, I guess, you know when you're on a miniature golf course and they have like fake bunkers? Like that's kind of what the bunkers looked like. And so it was, it was uh, and we were there, there, were, there was like a massive men's league about to tee off when we were finishing up. But they have some views out over, I think it's the lake or it might be the Columbia River, but. Uh, um, like the lake to, off the river. I'm guessing yeah. Lakeview is probably the lake. Yeah, but I, a massive body of water uh, regardless. So yeah, it's a lake right off the, uh, the edge of the Columbia River. But um, yeah, it's always nice to play golf by the water. And that was a, uh, I, I love seeing new pitch inputs. So that was a great way to end the day. And I think we got some good, uh, some good drone stuff out there. And uh, Ben and I just had a nice, you know, walk through the, uh, the par three course. We may have to scrap some of that footage since technically it was in Washington. Yeah. Tough scene. You know, we don't want to well, miss it. We don't want to miss listen, people, but I'm off, glad you had a good time. Off the books, it was, it was a, a time well spent with, with my guy, Ben. And of course, for COVID reasons, for the most part, we weren't really able to uh, explore nightlife or restaurant life uh, in Portland. We did go hard as hell on some takeout food. <laughs> well, yeah, that was so we had we had a cool house. We stayed in this house. The, the rear break. E- yeah, rear break. East. It was kind of east of uh, east of town. Any, uh, any house that has river. a name. It was a. It was like the real world house. It was essentially. And then yeah, we got a bunch of takeout the second night just so we could get a, a sense of the. Portland culinary experience. Uh, Randy and I drove down to the, the, the uh, protest just to see all that going on one of the nights. Um, I, w- I will say, too, it's pretty jarring in Portland, like the homeless encampments, like everywhere, like off the interstates and, I mean, off the, what, the 13th tee at, at, uh, yeah. at, uh, at East Moreland. At, at East Mo. So, yeah, that was, that was kind of jarring. And then um, from the perspective, too, of Portland, just it's a really just fascinating city. I mean, and, and, and I think Oregon's a kind of a place of extremes, right? Because you, you get outside of Portland and there's some super conservative areas and it's like, you know, I know, Randy, you're a big State of Jefferson guy. We saw a lot of those signs. <laughs> Were you yeah. flying the flag out there? I wasn't flying the flag, but you got you to gotta take some literature so you can educate yourself. <laughs> and then, and Current then setup makes no sense. I do want to shout out the guy when we were down at the food trucks, uh, downtown Portland, the guy that drove by and smoke the tires for a good mm. 15 20 seconds we, we had a good time in in downtown portland uh not much popping off but we yeah just some characters and and the guy in his some mustang dodge, I think. dodge yeah. mustang or ford mustang who literally smoked his tires for like 20 seconds uh and his friend while ha- his buddy was about the sunroof like dancing that was <laughs> shredder if you're, if, if you're listening tc and i really really appreciated that <laughs> if, if you're looking for more info on portland i would recommend checking out the youtube comments of all the uh, of the video that we post because i'm sure there'll be some very educated yeah. takes yeah. So, um, so that was it for for Portland. Uh, we could have stayed there a lot longer, I think, pretty much uh, in line with everything. But hit the road about an hour forty minutes in the car out west, going through uh, a, a bit of a, a bit of a pass, if you will. Nice out, drive out mm. to Gearheart. Beautiful drive. Uh, TC, why don't you take us to Gearheart? Yeah, so I played Gearheart with Travis and Zach last year. Did a crash course on it. Yeah, People may have did seen a crash that video. course, and I'm so excited because so Jason Bangold is the director of golf, GM, whatever you want to call it out there. They've got a McMenamin's hotel on site. Tim Boyle, the Columbia Sportswear yeah, guy. CEO, you know, head of Columbia Sportswear. He owns the place. It's just like such a throwback, cool spot. They've done such a good job renovating it, restoring it, whatever you want to call it. John Strawn. They're the sister course of Karn in, in, um, in uh, nor- Northwest Ireland. And just a really, really, it just puts you in a good mood. Um, just a the seaside. I've never had like a 
seaside effect like that without like an actual view of the sea. You don't get, you don't see the ocean from the course, but you get the ocean breeze and you feel it. And it is a seaside just town and community. Whereas, I, I, you know, you know, what I'm trying to say like a golf oh, course yeah. on the coast like hits you with the views, and that's like your experience. Yet you don't get the seaside town experience for a lot of golf courses that are on the coast. And this is like it's, set back low from the coast, but in the middle of a community. Yeah. And it just seems like the vibe I got was everyone there has got something in life figured out. It wasn't like the super rich. Pe- it wasn't all super rich people. It was like a broad spectrum of you know that in the uh, Jason tells a story in the video too of just. Like you could be a logger, you could be a construction worker, and you could own a multi-billion-dollar clothing operation, and you all play golf at the same place, and you all drink together around the sandbar and the uh, and whatnot. And that that part was just super, super cool. It, it was. I realize uh, how much of a lightning rod this take is, but hell yeah, it <laughs> it was kind of like. Uh, St. Andrews, like it reminded me of almost like a very, very small, you know, American version of St. Andrews in that it, it, the golf course felt like the community meeting place for everybody. Like it felt like the whole community just was built like kind of like we were saying about East Moreland a little bit where it just felt like everything was built around the golf course. And I think that was the case, right? It was a very old course. It was a Scottish, like Scottish Scottish immigrants. Who showed up and said like let's let's build this place and then i think the town kind of sprung up around that and it still feels like that and part of that's because it's remote it's kind of a remote like vacation town but if you want to you know if you're looking for a hotel room it's at the golf course if you're looking for a good meal it's at the golf course if you're looking for your buddies to go have a beer they're probably at the golf course and like what a fucking awesome vibe that is there's, that, a, pa- there's a pack of elk that <laughs> if you're looking for the elk they're, they're at, the at the golf course <laughs> yeah um if you're looking for the mayor, he's probably at the golf, he's at the golf course. <laughs> it's so cool. And you mentioned, Sally, like Tim Boyle out there is a a true billionaire. And he's out there hanging, like hanging in a folding chair with like. He was drinking Bush Light with Drinking Bush Light with all the boys, like out of the out of the cooler. I mean, it's just. They had fixing ball marks, you know, with his black lab. It was the best vibe ever. It's also, it's the oldest course, uh, oldest public course west of the Mississippi. Exactly. Which blew me away. I think there's probably 15 other courses that claim that. Yeah. Did say that? Well, listen, I'm going to call it out because I thought that was that that was one of those things when I showed up I didn't expect. And I've never been to Scotland, but I felt like if I it, – it's the closest I've been, I think, in terms of vibe. So, so DJ, your, uh, um, your take resonates with me. Well, that's it, good to hear. It was Brora. It was just yeah. – everything felt like Brora. Yeah. It was a bunch of like – Par fours that are under 400 yards that you could play so many a variety of ways. They're not like drivable holes, but you know, like there's one great drivable hole, but the rest are like 340, 370 par fours that pound driver, if you want to try to hit a little pitch in and figure it out, or you can take iron and hit a full wedge in. You could do all of these different things. And it had a linksy feel, firmish balls bouncing and all that, but small green. So it was like, all right, yeah, you can you can get close to the green if you want, but can you hold the green from this close? And the wind blew out there like it does on a Lynx course, and it's uh it's set within dunes too. Yeah. There's there's a set of like two or three dunes that go kind of um, just like cross over the whole property, and so you're playing. They're almost like kind of ripple on the front nine. You're kind ripples, of playing you know I mean? over the dunes and kind of across them, and then uh, on the back nine, you're playing like within the dunes and kind of a half pipe thing. Mm-hmm. Gosh, and I think one thing worth mentioning too is it, it didn't. Uh, I know you mentioned Jason and and some of the people who who made that place what it is today, and it, it's not an accident that 
the vibe feels like that and that the golf course looks like that because there was a lot of work that went into it and a little bit of background i'm sure we'll get it on the video too but jason was working at nanea yeah. in hawaii which is uh charles schwab's like the guy not the the company uh his private golf course in uh i forget which island on the big island on the big island of hawaii and jason was working there and had just you know probably i would i would assume what's well, got to be about one of the best jobs you can possibly get in golf <laughs> uh and tim boyle the columbia sportswear guy that we've mentioned quite a few times was uh, a member there and they started talking about Gearheart and he, wa- he wanted to get back to the to the uh mainland right he's from he's from eastern canada and and so tim was talking about Gearheart, where he vacationed as a kid growing up in portland and they kind of i think envisioned together a, a little bit uh, you know what could be done to kind of really pump some juice into this place and they just every touch it seems like they just absolutely nailed and a lot of that was taken out a ton of trees shout out to eastmoreland uh taking out a ton of trees on the golf course and kind of revamping some of the the lodging and and all of that stuff and on the lodging front i this is maybe where we slurp uh mcmenamins a little bit because the, the place was so cool well and, yeah and, and they've got like three or four different what is bars and restaurants it's it's and neil to your point earlier they are, they are actually in in washington state as well but uh, they they take kind of older buildings or you know uh, try to infuse character into newer buildings uh, like old schoolhouses, old churches, that sort of thing, and, and restaurants, bars, hotels. Um, like like Edgefield has a has an amphitheater. They have their own wine. They have their own uh, breweries, all that stuff, and it's essentially like this kind of self contained, very and any in and each one is truly unique. Well, I would say uh, talking to Tim Boyle about McMenamins. The, the McMenamin brothers, and one of them, I, Tim was like, yeah, you know, I, I went to high school with him, you know, and it was like, uh, he played football at Oregon State, and then he just, him and his brother started like one restaurant, they just kind of built it from the ground up, and it's, you know, it's, it was kind of cool to hear that story, he's like, yeah, you know, I brought him out here, we played golf, he's like, I don't really want to get involved, and then he called him back like a couple months later, he's like, you know what, we should build a hotel there, and, and then, you know, <laughs> it's just kind of funny how like, down to earth it all sounds in a way the whole aesthetic is it's got this kind of like very psychedelic uh sort of golf in the kingdom kind of vibe and it's just uh, it's just really cool it's unlike anywhere i've ever been for golf for sure also want to shout out the uh, bookstore that randy and i went to randy i thought that was a delightful morning before we had we uh got in the car and went to bandon absolutely was yes and then so yeah forrest the superintendent came out and hung out with us uh, obviously, Jason, uh, Mayor Maddie Brown, who uh, owns uh, or runs Highlands Golf Club up up the the uh, road a little bit. He's 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 currently a lame duck mayor there. He's not he's not running for reelection. And then yeah, I kind of spooked you guys with the that uh, New Yorker article. Oh yeah, <laughs> we were glad to get off the West Coast after reading that article. Yeah, the the big one that's coming. The for- big one is coming, and the tsunami. So yeah. yeah. Hopefully Listen, not read for that, thousands of years. Yeah. But. Read that at your own leisure. Yeah. yeah. We'll watch the season first and then and then <laughs> yeah. and do that. So then we hit the road. Uh, uh, well, south. One, Go ahead. Yeah, one more thing, Neil. Uh, not only the bookstore, but I, I think we were talking in Gearheart. Overall, 
probably Oregon has the most miscellaneous hitters per capita of anywhere in the country. Oh my God. That and I coffee think, shop was like, we could have stood out there all day long. We would have run out of pamphlets by noon. Exactly. <laughs> I, I think Gearhart was one of the epicenters of miscellaneous hitters. So just needed needed to mention that. Which for people who don't know, just kind Honestly, of people. let we, it go. <laughs> people we'd love to have in our orbit. Uh, exactly. <laughs> people we want associated with the brand. People, in Randy's words, that, that just don't give a fuck, right? And just like, yo, man, I'll listen, we'll like all you have to do, I'm gonna give you a shirt. You know, I'll, I'll give you the clothing. Just you just gotta wear it. Like we just want you associated with us, like miscellaneous hitters. Exactly. So we, we yeah, we hopped in, we kind of split off. We had three car we had three vehicles paired up two, two, and two. Five and a half hours down the coast. Unbelievable, awesome drive. We pulled over maybe twenty times just to <laughs> get footage and stuff. Bridge of porn. The coastline and and you know it's it's reminded me of doing the the Pacific Coast Highway in California. Some of those twists and turns and some of those roads. I think it's every bit as good as yeah. Big Sur. That's what I was gonna say. Hot take, but man, everybody talks about about California and the Central Coast there, and I, I thought this was just as good. DJ and unreal. I drove up to uh, uh, Washington. Astoria, yeah. Shout Cro- out to the Goonies. Cross the bridge in Astoria, and uh, and then yeah, and then kind of uh, you guys were gonna stop at the at the Creamery, the Tillamook Creamery on the way down. Which yeah, Neil and I were riding together, and we did stop uh, for COVID reasons. They weren't doing any. Well, they were doing inside tours, but it was very limited, and you needed uh, to make a reservation well in advance. So. We did get out of the car. We got some ice cream. Uh, we we saw the grounds. I would. It, it looked very cool. I would say if you're ever near Tillamook, you know, go take the tour. Quite a complex. The one thing Neil and I were driving south, like we didn't see any dunes. I don't know. <laughs> I, I still don't know. I where can't you tell if you're fucking with dunes. me on this. That's a you problem, That's then, insane. because uh, it was all. We also we also got Brandy his first Dutch Bros coffee. So. Shout out Your to Dutch mind Bros. was just blown. Maybe you're in a different plane of consciousness. Well, that's and they don't even have, they don't even do the case. They don't even do drip coffee. Oh, it's did just, you know yeah, that? But, but the the lady the the girl in the drive through couldn't have been nicer, Randy. I thought she she made that a very impressionable first experience for you. Absolutely, gave you the whole the whole Dutch Bros vibe. Yes, Randy. We passed through a city called Dunes City. <laughs> I think they I, they have to be fucking with us because or you guys took a different route. Like the, maybe the dune was was gonna swallow up the Safeway. Yeah, the, Neil, am I am I making that up? Are I think we we had other stuff going on. We were kind of impersonating uh, F one drivers, and, and we were kind of deep in character there for a while in the car. Uh, we were also banging some Dave. You know, we were kind of lost in a, in a live album. Uh, I, I thought it was Randy. I, I wouldn't have changed our experience down the coast for anything. Uh, yeah, I'm still so con- like Ben and I pulled over and like tried to climb a dune, and <laughs> it it was either the hardest thing I've ever done or like really exposed how out of shape I was. I've never been more exhausted. We like wanted to go up to the top of this dune and drone it, and it was like one of those. It was the sand was so soft that like you took a step. And you slid back like 18 inches to the point where you're taking like three inch steps every time you try to climb. And oh my God, my quads were absolutely on fire. <laughs> so I do not recommend pulling over and climbing some of those dunes. But we, if, if we had more time out there, getting ATVs, like do a lot of ATV tours and stuff out there would have been a, an extremely fun way to, you know, kind of break up golf. If you're, if you're in Bandon, I think you're 35 minutes away from the nearest like ATV spot or something like that. Yeah, and it'd be we, worth it. We stopped in Manzanita. The way down, easily yeah. the best logo in the game. Yeah, King Savvy. Uh, but yeah, I mean Cannon Beach, massive rock there. It's just, like there's just so many cool little. What, what's towns the along What's the, way. the town that I can never pronounce? Yahoots. Yeah, 
Yakets? Yakets, Yahoots. I don't know. Yeah, uh, that was that was a cool town. We did. I do remember driving through that town. Um, I, and people had told us that's like the stop if if you do have a little bit of time. Uh, great restaurants. Uh, they, they have a cool little art scene there. So anybody that does do that drive, check out. Your hoots, your chats, how, <laughs> who, who can you, you can call it whatever you want. But there, yeah. yeah, there's some pretty good spots along that coast to if if you're looking to just drop out and just, uh, lost, and, and just post up for somewhere for yeah. a couple of years without anybody finding you. There's some some sleeping cool little towns. Thanks to BMW too, we had a couple of nice nice vehicles for this. Made oh. the drive a lot more fun. Yeah. For sure. Um, so then we arrive at Bannon. We uh, went up and hit the, hit the preserve up that night. I know we've done a pod in the past on Bannon, but we're revisit. It's time to revisit everything. I think it's it's. I don't know if my rankings change a little bit doing the courses, and we'll get into them kind of one by one. But preserve, I'll start there by just saying, uh, you know, I think some people will go to Bannon and not want to do a par three course. They're like now they have five golf courses. I can see how that can slip off your radar, but I think that would be a big mistake. I think. That is such a great way to experience the approach shots at Bandon and the joy and the ups and like without having to worry about where you're teaching. Maybe if your yeah. driver's off the map and you don't get to experience some of these golf courses and you get to go hit 13 incredible approach shots, same exact experience as those golf courses, same turf with maybe even better, like some of the best views you'll see on the, on the entire coastline. I can't say enough great things about about Bandon Preserve. Don't let it be an afterthought. Schedule an afternoon for it. You can go in the morning if you want. It if you don't want to do straight thirty six whole days every day, do eighteen and the preserve. Like that is a that's a very manageable day. We had some bad pins the first go around though. A, a couple times, yeah. There was some that were real. They a little bit mean spirited the first time around, or just but, like you couldn't use a slow, like you couldn't kind of play the hole right. as it was intended. To but play, so. it, you can move around tees all you want. It's just a just a tremendous, tremendous walk. I can't say enough good things about it. Great one to mix up formats. Also, if you're if you've played 36, Randy's shaking his head because he loves hitting the cups. I know, but <laughs> well, no. Next time, Neil and I have made a pack. Next time, hopefully there is a next time we're out at Bandon, we're gonna play the preserve straight up score. grind mode post score. I love score. it. Because well, I've never 13, done that. 13 cups, Randy. And that's honestly fair to say is maybe we've swung so far in the other direction that. I don't know that I've ever actually done that. So that's Randy. That's a, an interesting point. I'd love to take take part in that experiment you, as well. You absolutely can. Guess we got to go back. I guess we got to go back. But w- what I was saying was we did uh, we did shank up the format a little bit and had some friends out there and we were uh, playing like a two man alt shot kind of game, which is a fun one if you're looking to you know if you've already played thirty six that day and you don't really want to go out and and grind even more. You can take a few shots off, have and some beers, and it's different from doing a scramble because it. Yeah, like the shots matter, right? It's not like like you're you have to be accountable versus in a scramble. There's no, I, I get so unfocused in a scramble to where it's like, oh, right. you know, oh yeah, like you know, this doesn't matter because he's going to put it on the green. You know, yep. Yep. sometimes you can get caught with your pants down on that, but but really for the most part, it's like this. This is like no, like you're going to hang your partner out to dry. Speaking of uh, you know having your pants down, Sally, is this on the love lust? scale the preserve you speak pretty highly of it i i love the i don't know what the scale looks like i have to put some more thought sure. into it but uh kind of i would my say pants make, are down make time for a one night stand at the preserve <laughs> yes. while you're while you're painted <laughs> don't marry the preserve but <laughs> yeah have some some fun wild times with it, it's worth mentioning we we're there during the usam um which was interesting uh they had the usam bubble and the lodge and uh, mckee's pub and that was, you know, the the the, the AM was on trails and 
uh, Bandon Dunes for stroke play and then all on Bandon Dunes for match play. And so we couldn't go in the lodge or anything like that. That was kind of, you know, Bandon Dunes was kind of shut down until our last day there. But it was really, really cool to see, like, the preserve is right across the this little gorge or this little canyon from, uh, from Bandon Dunes. So you could see all the matches coming up, you know, the 18th hole and all that. It was it was really surreal. We do apologize uh, to the championship match then when they were on the the 32nd hole, I believe, of the of the match. If if you did hear a roar coming from Bannon <laughs> Preserve, uh, I don't. There's no spoilers there. That that moment has been uh, been displayed. But yeah, there, this that was that was some fun. There may have been some alcohol involved in that evening as well. A little bit. That was our second loop around the. Preserve. That was yeah. yeah. We made a couple visits to the preserve. First round of golf at uh, at Bandon. Uh, first of all, we stayed in uh, a couple of different places. The Chrome Chrome Lake Lodge was where we had one of our rooms, and where was your guys' room, DJ? I think that's where we yeah, were. You oh, guys okay. were at Chrome Lake, and we were at uh, the uh, Round Lake. Okay, right? amazing, perfect accommodations there, at Bandon. Again, we've talked about this in the past, where it's everything you need, nothing more. It is Mike Kaiser says himself, three stars, and. It is just perfect for a golf hangout. There's nothing fancy about it, but it is great showers, great warm beds. That's it. That's the review. I don't think there's much more We were more at to the say. Grove. The Grove. Yeah, we right. had a four four bedroom uh, uh, cottage at the Grove, right on the on the lake there, and you could see over to what is that six or seven on, on uh, trails. trails. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's eight because it has that that fake pin definitely not lake. eight but uh <laughs> okay well is it seven i think it's seven, seven. yeah going up the, with the par four going up yep. the hill yeah well anybody that hasn't been make sure you take a look to the left over the lake there's a uh, uh a flag that you can hit it's like a three wood to try to hit you know hit this island green tough shot and it's a tough shot tough shot very tough shot fun shot though i always look forward to hitting that shot um, first round of golf, we played early morning, one of the first ones off. Maybe the first one's off at... Uh, well, before the first round of golf, I think we need to talk about... We had dinner at Trails after, oh, oh, after we... Um, Controversy ensued. After we played... Well, i got to reopen this the, uh, wound. The uh, preserve. Go ahead, and Randy. Randy had been talking about this salad. Randy uh, and DJ. Uh, not just a salad, it was yeah, the salad. That's very di- like diminishing. I, I'm to, a big to fan of the salad, like yeah. It's the it's the the it's only the one, salad. It's the one true salad. <laughs> yeah, it's of, the, uh, truly life changing from our first trip out to Bandon. Uh, we've been chasing it for years. Yeah, like after we left, it was like the, it was like every a, time we're out, like you want to split a Caesar, like let's see how this stacks up, you know. And it's just just our lives were mired with shit Caesars for the for the next couple years, and so we're just dying to get back to the Bandon Trails Clubhouse where they've got this kind of spicy Asian. Caesar salad. Yeah. You guys ever watch How I Met Your Mother? Yeah. There's the episode where they search for like the they have this perfect burger and they can't that find was, where they got it. But it, that is a perfect metaphor. It is it's couldn't exactly be better. Right. Yeah. And it's gone. It's gone. And, but, it's, but worse than that, worse <laughs> than that is the very nice uh, waitress tried to convince me that what they had on the menu was in fact what I had tasted three years ago. I, bless her heart, she's only been working there like a year. She she doesn't know any difference. I was there for that conversation. I would not say she was she was not adamant that it was the same. She was tr- you were trying to drag it out of her that this was a guarantee that this was the same salad. And she's like, I mean I I mean I think it is. Like I, I don't know for sure. And I if I may say I don't eat salad. The salad came, and I tried your salad, and it was tremendous. I love oh, it. It's very great. good. No, no, no it's very insult. good. It's but, very but, good. Yeah. But we're talking about respectfully. Like a, <laughs> she was. <laughs> you're out of your depth here. Currently, there's a romaine salad on the menu with wonton, parmesan, 
and creamy sambal dressing, which, which yeah. it's it's not. And she she did promise me she was going to ask the head chef. It's still a waiting word on that, but I I've efforted it. My dissatisfaction that they've taken that that salad off the menu it, it is being run up the chain at Bandon. So I will I'm happy to report back any updates uh, as they become available. But which, tr- tr- a point to point out, Randy's view of Bandon is every opinion now is now clouded. Like it's just going to be rooted in this this salad, and he's probably not going to give a fair opinion on the, anything. The, fair or not, DJ? The no, Trails totally End right. the Trails End Clubhouse is really good. Is the best one on property. The Trails End restaurant is by far my favorite on property i think we ate there three the, three or four was times. it the sable fish that we the beat miso, up the miso sable fish was excellent the the, the uh, noodle bowl the duck the food the, abandoned is really really freaking yeah. good man it, every time it looks it looks very plain on the menu and then you have it it's like damn that was good well i think we've i'm sure we beat this up in our last band episode but the best part about it is you get done playing like 36 holes the last thing you want to do is sit down at like a white tablecloth dinner yeah. and spend nine hundred dollars on like some crazy dinner. It's like, no, I just want a sandwich, man. I just want to. I just want to give me a comfy noodle bowl. Give me something, something easy. And they do such a good job of. I think they do have. They do have a good job of. You know, if you want something more upscale, they have that. But if you'd like, you know, the meatloaf at McKee's Pub, they got that too. So it's it's great. All right, so first golf course up. Uh, I believe when we did the rankings the last time around, Randy had this as his favorite golf course at uh, at the Bandon Dunes Golf Resort, which I believe is is would be for if you polled most people would be there. It usually comes out near the bottom of the rankings. So tell a lot us, of people drop it. From yeah, there. it is Old McDonald. Uh, Randy, why don't you take us to uh, to Old McDonald? Why you love it so much? Whether your opinion changed at all this time around? It's the best. And to all those people who are saying it's the worst, I respectfully, you know, I don't, I've, I never asked for your opinion. I don't need your opinion. It's inherently personal to each individual. I'm not saying that you're wrong in any way. I, I love hearing why you love it. You know, you guys spoke about the Scottish vibe at, at Gearheart, and I, I think rightly for it being kind of the epicenter of, of the town. Uh, to me, I think Old McDonald is, from a, a golf perspective, probably the closest I've gotten to what I felt in Scotland in the US. It doesn't provide the, the best views on the on the property abandoned. But what what it does is, you know, you're you're near the ocean, you hear the ocean, um, you do get views of the ocean, but it, it's not the constant, you know, just, oh my God, look, it's so beautiful. Like maybe at the sheep ranch, for instance. I think it's 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 good in all the the ways that I like a golf course. It, it the the greens are quirky. You hit some fun shots. I'm a sucker for the ghost tree. The halfway house uh, beyond you, you get to it a couple times, but you know you, you the the whole course crescendos with the walk up to seven green, and that's the first reveal of the ocean. And then once you play that hole, if you go over to the, the the little halfway house, it's a little bit of a walk. In my opinion, I told these guys, like, if you just at some point you don't know where I am, just check that spot. I, I think low-key it might be the best spot on Bandon's property. I, I don't know. I, I just think – so Old McDonald, it's a lot of template holes that um, Doak and Jim Urbina – Urbana? Urbina? Urbina. Urbina um, kind of reimagined. So there's there's a little bit of that going on. Um, I, I will say, I understand why people would not rank it as high as as other courses, but I don't know. It's just got charm, and um, I, I find it fun. And you know, 
it, it kind of makes me nostalgic for for Scotland a little bit. I would push back on the views a little bit in that they're not yeah. as dramatic and like the photos might not look as cool as like Pacific Dunes 10th tee or 11th tee or 4th tee or something like that. But the views are absolutely gorgeous in a different way where you're, you get up to the high point of that property was that like 14 green and you're just looking down on this, the maiden, the, you're looking down like this, you can see the entire golf course and it is just a massive sprawling, gorgeous, like endless piece of land. It's well, so cool. And I, I totally agree with you. I, I think the three best views at old McDonald are cresting the dune on the ghost tree hole three where you see it's your first reveal of like, that that huge bowl with all the holes it's up the hill seeing the ocean on seven and then yeah 14 kind of looking back yeah uh, or the westward hoe like part five where you're you're going back out towards the ocean so it is more subtle views for sure but it's yeah. equally cool it's important to note that this was the fourth golf course built at bandon and so bandon dunes and pacific dunes are similar in a way they both run along the coast they're touching the properties touch each other and it is a similar vibe. And Bandon Trails was very clearly the third course, and it was like, we are doing something different here. We are giving you variety in this experience. And the same goes for Old McDonald. It was for, you know, we have the trails is is like a trail walk through the forest and stuff like that. And Old McDonald is different than anything else that you experience on the property, and that was the goal of it. So I don't think they designed Old McDonald thinking like anyone, you know, this is going to compete with the other courses. No, it is a complement to all of the other offerings that Bandon has to offer. In that, in itself, it's in, incredibly enjoyable. Like okay. I love, I love Old McDonald. It still ranks last for me, but I love the golf course, and that's an important thing to note. Before we get into the, like the specific holes and stuff, as much as we want to do that, we probably should do, um, you know, a bit of like what the inspiration was, yeah. why it's called Old McDonald, all that stuff. I think it's it's pretty well documented out there. But if you don't know, it's it was Tom Doak and Jim Urbina's basically tribute to CB McDonald and Seth Rayner and a lot of these golden age architecture guys. And so it's mostly template holes, maybe not entirely template holes, but, uh, that that's kind of the, the gist you said they're, they're looking for something that had a little bit different selling point or a different, uh, bit of variety. And I think that's kind of the, the character makeup of that golf course. Right. I think my issue with it is I like the whole, the non-template holes the most yeah. of, of any of the court. Like number three is awesome, yeah. and that is not a template hole. Uh, seven is not a Te- template hole. Technically three, it's Sahara. Yeah, from Presswick. So okay. Think, yeah. Yeah, it's just that's yeah. I, yeah it's three, very three, different. Three is awesome. It's one of the yeah. best holes on the whole property. It's so good, and it's it it is kind of the blind nature of of Sahara at uh, at Presswick, but it the the Redan is. I, I hate that hole. I'll just say it. Like I think it's a very bad green, and the like the, the short is okay, but it is a mega wild. Like they just didn't really nail the templates, so that that's that's a hole for me. But the overall, like the first time I played it, I had no idea what a template hole was, and I think I enjoyed it more knowing that. Now having played other template holes and stuff, I just don't think they they really nailed that part of it. Yet at the same time, like I. Love I freaking love seventeen. I think that's a tremendous hole. Sixteen, the Alps hole is fantastic. But I think the Beeritz is mediocre. Like for me, it runs out of gas a little bit in the middle stretch, where it kind of flattens out. You go to that middle part of the property, and really, I think after we played, it was our first first round of the trip this time. After we played it, it looking back at it from Pacific Dunes and from Sheep Ranch, even it really dawns on you like how like it's by far the worst piece of property. On the, on the resort, right? And and I say that like kind of as a, 
backhanded compliment to Doak and Urbina of like, hey, they made something cool out of this, and and it's cool how you know you kind of crest up the hill and like seven, like that hole always just just kills me. You know, like you got gorse all the way up the left side, and it's is it hard left handed? Oh my god! <laughs> and uh, yeah, so so actually, yeah, I mean, I I played like. I was super nervous going to Bannon. I'm like, oh man, if the wind blows, like, what am I gonna do? If like this, this just like I, I, I suck. Like, like, what am I gonna do if I can't hit the ball at Bannon? And I birdied the the third hole, which is which is the ghost tree hole. I was like, all right, like, cool. Like, it's on. We're hmm. we're good now, you know. <laughs> and then and then sure enough, by like seven, I'm like, oh, damn it, I can't do anything. <laughs> so, but yeah, but like. Uh, like the beer, it's a super mediocre in my yeah. opinion. Like eight, like so, like eight, it kind of starts to run out, of, run out of steam a little bit, and then it's definitely the best finishing hole in the property, in my opinion. I like okay. the punch bowl. I think yeah. that's yeah, that's it's good, super cool. I really like the sheep ranch one, but we can get we can get yeah. to that. Yeah. Um, Neil, what are your, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Old McDonald? I love the vibe. Uh, similar to trails, trails you don't really see another group for eighteen holes, so you feel like very remote and when you go to a place like bandon it's like you're going to the edge of the earth when you play pacific dunes and bandon dunes you know there's a lot of people out there right because it's a popular resort but at old mac i feel like there's a you know when you crest the hill on three you get the scale of the course like it's a you know it's a big ballpark and so you'll see other groups but they all look so small and like distant on each hole that it gives me that feeling of of uh you know being really far away from like being in a really far away place which i really like about golf like when it takes you to a place you'd like never go i think that vibe that vibe is best on old mac even if the course isn't my favorite from like an architecture standpoint or the most fun shots it, it gives you a vibe of like man i'm really out here right now and uh, and for that every time i've played it i've you know i've kind of enjoyed that vibe you are on vibe patrol today <laughs> I uh, I will say, overall, I think it is the most skippable course at Bandon. Yet I do not recommend skipping it. That's, yeah, yeah, that's fair. fair like I, if you're going to Bandon, schedule Old Mac. But if you're going there for like a couple days and you need something that you to, to chop out, that would be my rec personal recommendation to chop out. But I, 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 some people think like, oh, I don't want to play Old Mac. I heard I heard that's the worst one. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is like one of the greatest golf courses in the world. Like we we need to be clear on this. And now, especially now that they have five courses, you know, you just you need an extra day at Bandon before, before a sheep ranch. I, I honestly think you now need an extra day for that to truly, you know, enjoy everything they have to offer. There's some reason I can't putt the greens there on that course. The, the fescue, the, is a the fescue yeah. greens on the on that course are so different than the rest of the resort. I love the greens there. <laughs> yeah, they got a lot better this time around too. I remember the the first trip like two three years ago. It was, it felt like dirt, and this time around, I loved them. I think that wraps up uh, Old McDonald. Next up that afternoon, wind started blowing. We had a little different experience at Pacific Dunes. Neil, why don't you take us there? And Neil, you have to admit it's electric. I was going to say, DJ, give me one word to describe the place. <laughs> Remember the you first time you played it. <laughs> Neil electric. Was, spoiler it's an alert. electric factory, okay? Neil was so drunk on the last night of the trip was <laughs> when we're all kind of just like letting it go. We've got all the, all the haze in the barn, and he, he was just... We're, we're talking about Pacific Dudes, and he just kept saying that. You have to admit it's electric. No, because you guys are so lost in the sauce, and you're spoiled rotten, and you played it three or four times, and it's like, oh, you know, I just don't think it's like, I mean, Dope really made some mistakes on, like, the routing, and, like, if that's the prevailing wind, like, how could you make that hole? And I'm like, 
try to like remember what this is like for somebody. Like you go out to that course and it just slaps you continuously across the face with electric views, like crazy fun shots. And that was dunes an, everywhere. Like, that was an excellent popping. That was it's, an excellent point the first time you made it, but then you made it fifty five times after that. <laughs> well, that's because you you weren't. No, it's you because you weren't listening. In. If you weren't listening, you were incredibly you drunk. <laughs> Anyways, um, sorry. Well, yes. Anyways, it is electric. I mean, it's it's if it's your first time abandoned, that place will blow you away. So, what designed in two thousand one by the Dokido, and uh, second course on the property. I think overall, it's it's the hardest course, and you know, it's. I think it was my favorite round of the trip because the wind was blowing, and there is, it's across the spectrum with how we played. You know, some people got blown out to sea. I thought it was great because I, I, you know, I was I was with uh, with Squid, our caddy, and just we were deep in our process, and I had a blast, kind of just not not getting back down, and I loved it. I just loved. I finally learned how to hit some shots in the wind. I guess that helped a lot. But I think um, I think you know you guys have made that point that when the wind's blowing, it can become a little bit unplayable. You know, on certain holes, like the the hole that jumps out to me is. You know, dumb is what is it? Fourteen, the par three. You know, facing back south, so you're you're you know you're hitting down downwind to a. And they had a front pin, you know, and if you land it anywhere but like two feet in front of the green, you're ending up in like a death bunker on all sides. So sometimes you're like, man, that's just like, that's not very fun, right? There, there's no, there's some holes where Doak doesn't really provide you anywhere to bail out, but. The holes along the water are world class, I think, and just like a ton of fun, and you feel just you know, like really lucky to be there. I think the first hole and the 18th hole, you know, kind of have to get you out there and get you back to the clubhouse. Those aren't my favorite start and finish. I think it does build though, so that's good. You go, you come out in the first, you know, four or first three, and then you, you know, then you hit number four, and it's like the electricity starts to starts to pick up, baby. Nikola Tesla, let's go, baby. Uh, you know, so the uh, the synapses start to fire. But that electricity analogy, I think, works well because you know sometimes the wind's blowing, it'll start, it'll start shocking you. It'll start, you know, it'll start electrocuting you if if uh, the the elements pick up. I still contend. I, I wrote this when we did our essays from the first trip to Bandon. Doke did not like this. You made that very very clear to me. But it's it, like Pacific Dunes is like an abusive lover. And and Doke and Doke in general, I think his his designs are like that. It'll beat you up. It's you know it's gonna beat you up, but you keep coming back because there's there's good times too. You know, and uh, it was that was the, the highs are very high out there. Yes, the, you know, yeah. uh, specifically like this might this may be a spoiler. Alert. That's probably the first round of golf I've played in twenty eight years where I didn't make a par. <laughs> I don't, this is a spoiler. TC got stuck on the double black diamond. He had to take his skis off and, and come down on his butt. It was, it was, it was, the terrain was too treacherous for him. Well, it's important to note that the, like, the wind blew us almost off the golf course. And it was, yeah. uh, the, it was like not, 40 mile an hour. The winds. not fun wind yeah. to play golf in. And that being said, I think we can and are, are able and are doing this currently, separating that part of it out from our opinion on the golf course. It was my favorite course last time we were out there, and this time I would say it's probably down in, like, the third spot. And But I think that's that's part of the point for me. Like, we've played in some heavy winds overseas, for instance, where the golf was still very much enjoyable. Yes. Like, uh, and, like uh, Bally Bunny. Bally Bunny. Exactly. Which is a very, like, challenging yes. technical course. 
And that was so much more playable than and than Pacific, Pacific Dunes. Dunes was the least enjoyable round of golf I've played in several years <laughs> with the wind blowing like it was. It, I, it just the the course just it sucked. I do think your point is extremely well made, Neil. Uh, as far as uh, you know, if you if you're in the right mindset and you have the right skills and you're ready to go out and like, all right, let's go do battle today. Like, let's stay locked in on every shot. I, I can see why that would be so fun, and, and I that was just not where my where my head was at. I, I was I had no fight whatsoever, and I just yeah. got completely blown off the mountain. It was the first round of golf I've had since since starting to play left handed, where I was like, I truly felt, I was like, yeah, you know what? Now I see why a high handicap wouldn't like this golf course. It was okay to the point, Neil, that uh, you kind of kind of brushed by, and we're willing to to mock a little bit there. We played in the prevailing summer wind, which comes out of the north. And that golf course was not fun to play in a strong prevailing north wind, which, again, that's where I'm not going to separate out the conditions from the experience to say, like, the golf course shouldn't play that difficult in the prevailing wind, in the wind that happens a lot. And not to David McClay Kidd's point, we talked to him a lot about, you know, how he designed Band of Dunes. And he's like, dude, I was there on that property for three or four months before like the routing started it i was getting to know the land getting to know the winds and everything and and we'll get to bannon but like I, my opinion is that course flows so much better in the prevailing wind than than uh, pacific dunes does because you get to that stretch on the back nine where you go somewhat into the wind uh off the right really on 10 the par three a very scenic hole like a signature hole there and then dead in on 11 dead in on 12 dead in on 13 dead down on 14, a short par three that you can't hold the green and dead down on a bunch of holes that, you know, I just don't think the holes play that great in that, in that downwind. I kind of walked off just wondering like, gosh, it feels like that is the kind of condition that this course should play great in. And I didn't walk off. And okay. So, and a lot of this comes from, I think the Pacific dunes is rated the number one public golf course in the United States. Tom Doak himself has given it a 10 on the Doak scale, uh, which I want to read that definition. That's so it's so egregious on his part. <laughs> the rating is nearly perfect. If you skipped even one hole, you would miss something worth seeing. If you haven't seen all the courses in this category, you don't know how good golf architecture can get. Call your travel agent immediately. That is what that the classes the the list of courses that are in the 10 category, it would amaze you that Pacific Dunes is with, is in that. Is it electric? Of course. Like, you look at the to, pictures of it. You have to admit. I do remember that it's electric. I remember that. Are the views incredible? A hundred percent. Still to me, and I was expecting to, you know, this trip to finally be like, okay, yes, Pacific Dunes is a better golf course than Bandon. You're not, I, I am not getting there. I like Bandon That's so fine. much I, more. I think I can reach across the aisle. I, I agree with you on the, the prevailing wind argument is a very strong one. Um, I just feel like most people are only going to play that course one time, and I think it's going to it's going to blow them away, right? It, they're, they're, it's going to be a memorable experience, which there's something to be I think a more memorable experience and 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 more impactful first impression than any other course at Bandon, which is which is worth noting. From a prevailing wind perspective, I think it's probably worth noting that it's probably a really good course to play in like the fall or the winter yeah. when, the, when the winds come out of the south. Yeah, and under a less wind in the north, out of the north, I'm sure it's probably more enjoyable. But I, And I still maintain yeah, the highs are really high, but I think the highs at Bandon are even higher. I, you know, I think the 4th and 13th holes, which are the two biggest signature holes, are honestly kind of a, somewhat bland of golf holes. Uh, they're set up against the coast. 
are they beautiful? Of course. But there's not a whole ton of strategy that goes into either of those holes, whereas like the fourth at Bannon Dunes is one of my favorite holes in the world. The fifth is a fantastic hole. 16 is one of the most unique golf holes I've ever played. 17 is incredible riding along that ridge. And I just don't I, – nothing blows me away about those holes. Now, the sixth yeah, hole at Pacific I, I, I agree with you now playing it the second and third time, whatever. But that those opinions abandon – no, no, those opinions abandon grow over time. Right, it's almost like the privilege of being able to play it multiple times. I totally agree. That's and so I, I just want to point that out so that we don't get lost in the sauce. Like from a perspective of like if it's your first time out there, like Pacific Dunes is gonna, you know, it's gonna melt your fay. I basically. think that that that's this is where we diverged when we were at Sylvie's and you were not listening to what I was saying. But I completely agree. And what I was trying to say is the first time I went to Bandon, Pacific Dunes was so head and shoulders above everything else. It was the coolest thing I'd ever seen in my life. And the more trips I've taken, the more it's, it's kind of fallen down the, the rankings. Yeah. And I'm in that, and I'm in that bucket too. I just want to, uh, it's like, I'm trying to like almost make sure that I check myself on that. Right. So I think it's worth having both. I, I want to call out two holes at Pacific Dunes and I'd, I'd like to hear what you guys think. Playing it a second time or third time, number six, it's not on the water. But it reminds me of the one at Barn Boogle. It's so good, and and I said it to Deej. It feels like the you know the front of the hole feels like it, the back. It feels like somebody put their their blazer on backwards because the backside is like shaved. You know, it's like the it's like the, you're like wait that's supposed to be the front of the hole. Like you could you could convince me that we were you know that's where you're supposed to come in from. Did we tee off on the wrong spot? Like, yeah, and I just like you know third time around I finally noticed that I was like man that's really. That's a cool aesthetic. I love that. And then two, my least favorite hole is 16. That's that whole freaking stinks. Uh, the drivable par four. It's kind of like 14 abandoned trails. I, I think I don't know because all the balls end up in the same spot. Like going for it, it's like if I try to lay up there, there's not really a flat lie to have. You know, you got to keep it up on this little shelf on the left. And then you know, I just don't like it when every shot from with like a hundred yard dispersion is going to end up in the same place. And there's this you know? gorse bush up the left that. Yeah. It, I just think, I think they could improve that hole. I think the idea of it is good. I just like the more I play that one, the more I'm like, man, like, and that's one the first time around we're like, Oh, check out this gettable four. It's electric. But then, you know, the more I play it, I'm like, God, this is like, I'm tired of getting shocked. You know, like the, what is it? Milgram's experiment. Like, you know, someone's like shocking me like, ah, stop that. Quit it. Stop it. That's a really good green site too. Like yeah. it, 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 it should be a better hole. I agree. I, I, I know Solly loves it. I'm not a big fan of 17. I just oh, feel I like you, 17. 17's awesome. I feel like you get to the point in that round and this again, maybe it's personal, but you just got the shit kicked out of you for like four hours <laughs> at this point. And you, you stand up there and it's, it plays whatever, like 220 or something and the wind's like whipping and you're like fuck this last time we were there it did not play it was like we were hitting like nine and eight irons and really yeah yeah we, it was I, further up it, it was just like dead into the wind when, again when yeah. we played it and it was you couldn't keep one on the planet um i again not to not to base everything off of doke's definition of a great golf course but the, the line of if you skipped even one hole you would miss something worth seeing you could yeah, skip one two, i get five or six 15, holes at pacific dunes yeah. that are yeah. very 18. much yes you can skip 14. That par three, like, that That needs to, I don't know. That's the one I have an issue with, too. I do think um, the stretch from, from like, really 11, 12, 13, I really like that stretch. Yeah, yeah. 12, I really like 12. 13 is yeah. another one. 12 is cool. Like, I, love, I love three, too. I think three is a really, 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 really cool good par five. Well, the inland, the inland holes were 
like made a big impression on me playing more and more. Number uh, seven, that one back into that creek. That's a really, you know, for probably a whole of people wouldn't remember the first time around, but grows on you every time you play. Probably need to shout out nine as well. The double, like nine. The double green is cool. Yes. It's cool if you're, especially a lot of people I know go and play courses multiple times on, on different trips. It's always fun to have a double green. And just to set the scene for the win we were dealing with, I hit my nine iron, let's say maybe 160 yards, and the 11th hole was playing 98 yards, and I hit a full nine iron that came up 15 yards short. Like that's that's the level of win we were uh, we were playing in. So maybe that's why we're a little salty about it. But um, which is fun, I think, for one shot. Yeah. But when you've got it for a bunch in a, a row. bunch in a row is where it gets tedious. Yeah. I, I think I hit four iron the first time I played that hole because the wind was so strong. It was like 129 yards, 130 yards, and I hit a full like 210 shot. And this is a group of people that likes playing golf in the wind. Yeah. So. I also thought the greens, the greens at Pacific Dunes, the condition of them left, it was pretty lacking, I think. I, I didn't think that. I thought they were fast. I thought they were like... Like the, the condition of like number six green was just like, it's, it's like peak season, you're paying however much for these rounds. Like, I don't know. I just think the the agronomy could could stand to probably improve a little bit on some of these courses at Bandon. I thought two years ago, like the Ban- the Bandon Trails greens were uh, close to a disgrace. They had Poa popping up everywhere, and that was that was really bad. They've gotten that straightened out. I did not walk off Pack Dunes thinking that yeah. it, that it was condition based at all. I thought I, no. I mean, it wasn't like I just think there's room for improvement there. Yeah. For for one of the for the best golf resort in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I respectfully d- d- yeah. d- don't agree, but uh, just told TC I don't remember that, but I'm I'm not gonna if, if that's his memory or his thought, that's fine. And I'm, Neil's and Neil's sitting here attributing <laughs> it to me being a a high handicap now. Thank you, Neil. <laughs> Neil was no, kind of claiming TC maybe as he was falling down the mountain was looking for looking for someone to blame. No, what what I said is he took the T bar up and then he hiked he hiked up to the uh, <laughs> to the you know the out of the ski resort area and then starts blaming the ski resort. They need to they need to groom this run. This is bullshit. <laughs> All right. I think that wraps uh, wraps Pacific Dunes. Um, worst logo, too. Shitty logo. That oh, I will oh, agree oh, with. That I think I can behind worse. that. Yes. What is it, dolphins? No, it's whales, the... Right? I think they're it's seals. The, I don't know. They're whales. Oh, they're whales. Yeah, they're Sorry. whales. I'm, I'm out on the whales. Uh, it's, it's also worth noting the Punch Bowl green is located at Pacific Dunes as well. Yeah. That's a lot of fun. We didn't really get to enjoy that as, many, as much as... I like the restaurant at Restaurant's Pacific. good. It's, it's, a, it's a fun scene. Cool clubhouse. We're probably leaning on the harsh edge, but with huge-ass expectations. I think the critiques of the golf course are very fair, and I, I feel quite passionate about it. So Yeah, I think both both the Doak slash Urbina courses are they're great, but in my opinion, they're flawed. Yeah. Like Old Mac and Pacific Dunes, there's just there's crazy high points. There's less flaw in Pacific Dunes, but there's still like there's there's still some stuff I would change significantly. But as I, I, as I, I'm sure you'll admit, it's electric. <laughs> it's electric. And, and I will say I, I think there's seals on the logo. They are. I, I, think I, they I are. had a whole yeah. a whole yeah conversation about this yeah. while we were there. Glad we could settle just that. To, yeah. All right, let's go to the new course at Bandon Dunes. Uh, we were the first ones to take any photos or any images of this golf course. <laughs> Might have been the first ones to play it. Um, I think they've been like a, they've had about twelve soft openings for this golf course, as far as I know. But the Sheep Ranch is alive; it is open. Play uh, it in the morning, DJ. Take us there. <laughs> where where to start? Um, so the Sheep Ranch has kind of been a a golf uh, a piece of golf lore, I think, for quite a while. Where it's this unbelievably spectacular piece of land uh, just 
apart from the other golf courses, uh, just off the resort, I guess, as, you know, in years past and the setup, and I'm, I'm very bummed that we never actually got to do this, but the setup was basically, you had to go into a, I think a sporting goods store in downtown Bandon and kind of book the place for the day. And there was no real routing. It was just, I forget how many green sites there were, um, but there were just a bunch of green sites scattered around this field. And you just go out there with your buddies or whomever rent it out for the day and just hit golf shots. And there was always talk of whether or not they were going to make it into an actual 18 hole golf course. It sounds like the routing proved extremely difficult uh, to try to get it to actual to, to 18 golf holes. Kaiser, we did a great interview with Mike Kaiser talking about uh, this process and what it was like to actually get that done and how finally Bill Core and Ben Crenshaw were the people who, who came to him with a, hey, here's a routing that we can actually pull off. We know there's going to be 18 great holes. Um, and I think Kaiser had kind of a, a moment of like, man, if, if we're not going to do this, like literally, literally nobody else is going to do this. And so, uh, he had a, uh, the vision to knock it out and they've been working on it for the last few years and it opened earlier this year. And guys, if there is a, there's a lot of caveats that go into this, but if there's a better walk there's in, not in golf. I definitely have not found it, nor do I feel totally content with the fact that I will never find a better nah. a better walk than what we had. I'm not even gonna look for one at 6:50 in the morning on whatever day that was. It, it was the most peaceful. Like it's about a lot more than golf out here. Uh, round of golf I think I've ever had in my life. Help help set that. Why is that different than Bandon Dunes, Pacific Dunes, any of the other courses on the property that touch the coast as often as Sheep Ranch does? So I think that. First of all, you, you mentioned touching the coast. Like it's the whole you're you're looking at the ocean. It's outrageous. For the first six holes, you're just you're playing right down and around the coastline, and it's just absurdly, absurdly beautiful. Um, I think Bandon, I don't want to get out over my skis kind of architecturally here, but I think Bandon and Pacific and Old Mac and Bandon Trails, I mean, they're they're designed to build to be, you know, strategic golf courses, you know, capital G, capital C, whereas the sheep ranch feels like you're just out in a, it's not, it's like, it feels like a different game. And I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to put too fine a point on that, but it, it just feels like it's like, no, there's a T and there's a green and kind of in between. I don't know, man. You just kind of, you, you just kind of see what's out there when you, when you get out there and it's very rugged is such a cliche, but it's so like a lot of golf courses call themselves rugged this is actual, actually rugged. You know, it actually feels like a field. It just doesn't feel like they changed much, and it just... It's got rainy. some of the old patchy fairways from yeah. the old course. So they did they regrass some of it, but they maintained some of, like, the patchy, like, just not pristine fairways, which I, d- I dug the hell out of that. I thought it was awesome. Wait, was that... I, I don't think that was necessarily part of the, the plan or the charm. I think that was just because they rushed opening. I, I don't know exactly, don't, yeah. but it they have some old ass fairways for sure. There. But I thought it, it wasn't there wasn't any rhyme or reason to it. It was just okay. where the old course was, and they they didn't kill that grass off. They're just trying to meld it with okay where they put new grass. I would say that's probably a flaw of the course. I, think, I liked it. I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool too. I, I'm and I think there's a I think golf has a bad habit of uh, kind of trying to pretend like you're you're out in a natural setting. Like there's nothing. 99% of the golf courses in the world, I mean, there's like nothing natural about them, right? Like they didn't exist and somebody just found them. Like they were clearly man-made. They're clearly, you moved a bunch of shit to build them. You, and the sheep ranch just, it feels like as close to kind of natural golf as, uh, 
as I think you can get. I don't know if that if that makes sense or if that's overly uh, emotional. No, I think that's right. I think it's interesting. You know, you were saying rugged, and there is some, I guess, ruggedness to the conditioning. But the the word that jumps to my mind is there's a softness to Sheep Ranch that it's it's comfortable in a way that Pacific Dunes isn't. In a way that Bandon Dunes, um, Bandon Dunes a little bit more so, but Bandon Dunes isn't. And so you just, it's it's a place. I mean, I witnessed Tron play really good golf, and some of that again is is the wind, the the wind, just a hint of wind. But I think when it is like that, it's just such a. It's a place that just can bring out really good scoring, really good uh, feeling. Yeah, feeling about. It, it may it may be even you know lulls you into like hey I I'm a, I could be a pretty good player. Well, it's like the know? golf doesn't get get in the way of the walk. Yes, if you're going out there to like yeah. critique yeah. the golf course, you're doing Sheep Ranch wrong. Yeah, like it is, and we've been really fortunate to see a lot of really cool places, and we say that a lot, but like this felt different. Like we got in the most ideal morning possible for it, I think, but it just hit. It really hit, and I know. In my head, I was like, we should play in the afternoon because the sun will be setting right there. In the morning, it was so beautiful. And, you know, everyone on, on property had advised us, like, if you play in the afternoon, the wind really picks up there and will, might blow you off the golf course. So I think it's something, too, where if you want to take a couple holes off, or like, just kind of coast for a couple holes and not really, you know, just lose focus a little bit. Like you, you can't do that at Pacific Dunes because you're just gonna be in your pocket. Yeah, right. You can't do that at Bandon. Even you're gonna be in your pocket. You're gonna be in bunkers. Like here, you can do that and kind of just coast and make an easy bogey or whatever. And like that, like that's that's nice to know that you've got that in your back pocket. The whole like I was super interested to see how the the no bunkers thing would work or no sand bunkers. Like yeah. there's 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 grass bunkers carved out everywhere that still kind of catch your eye. And you don't stuff. want to hit it there. Yeah. And I think as the course develops, it'll probably like that grass will get longer in, in certain spots. And like, there will be kind of a half shot penalty in some of those spots. So I think it maybe doesn't catch your eye as much off the tee because there's nothing, you know, there's not a whole lot of aiming points with those bunkers. Uh, but, you know, as far as the approach shots into the greens, it's, it's spectacular. I thought it was, I, I thought it was a better version of Cabot Cliffs. Oh yeah, my opinion. I think it's the best opening hole I've ever played. Yeah, I'm struggling to think of one. The par five first, it wraps around to the left, and the green, green sits is... right on the ocean. Like it hits you first hole, you hit the ocean, and it's part of the strategy of like this weird property of you know you have to attack it kind of straight on, and then kind of come back from it and attack it back straight on. And if you just look overhead at the routing that Randy's got up on his screen right now, it's just fascinating how they got this many holes on the coast. Like I. I I don't know how many there are, eight, nine, ten holes that are straight on the ocean, and it never gets old. It's not repetitive. Each each time you hit it, it's unique. And yeah, three, five, like those those par threes, awesome. Um, I thought six was, six was so cool. A better version of the seventeenth hole at Cabot Cliffs, and a better version. It's a marriage of the seventeenth hole at Cabot Cliffs and the fourth hole at Pacific Dunes. Yeah. And it's a infinitely better version of both holes. I think it's. I, I've never seen anything like that sixth hole. It is so freaking cool. It's I think a, it's a very romantic round of golf. Versus yes. like Pacific Dunes is very technical. This is very romantic and and kind of emotional. That's totally. And I know that's. It sounds ridiculous to talk about a golf course that way, but I walked off of it and I was like that. And I still feel this way. Without hyperbole, that's the the coolest, most like soulful round like walk that I've ever had in golf. And I couldn't even sit here and tell you like 
I couldn't name all the golf holes probably. Like right. I, I don't. It's like, it sounds douchey, but it's like, dude, that's not what it's about. It's just just get out there with like some some people you really like and and have a great cup of coffee and a great morning. I mean, it, it is. If you walked that place every day at six thirty in the morning, I think you you'd you'd crack the codes to a lot of uh, what ails people. Eleven was the closest. Like I've played. Such a good par five. It, like it plays up into this dune, into this little um, totally inland hole. Yeah, and and you know uphill par five. Um, Got to put one in the fairway there, and then from there it's like you're just you're really like that's an exhilarating second shot, exhilarating third shot if you have it. Um, like that was Friar's head, like that was how Friar's head is. Um, and then I thought like the I thought the weakest hole was probably the one after that twelve. Just really, just kind, kind of, of a, firing back into the middle of the property. Yeah, just kind of a nothing hole. Twelve is a good example, though, of where you're talking about <laughs> the the criticism I could see is like, you know, there's no real interest off the tee, and you just kind of bang it anywhere, and that's because there's not really in in a lot of holes like there's not really like the fairway starts here and ends here. I mean, it's just you're playing in like a big field, right? <laughs> right? Like you can, yeah, man, hit it anywhere, like literally anywhere. And I, that wouldn't be, I got caught in the cross bunker, the grass bunker there on that's 12. That's true. There is a little bit, little bit to 12. I think it's, um, I, yeah, I, I think it, it, it's hard to, uh, it, it's hard to like, like start talking about the holes again and then not go back to like, yeah, we're just talking about yeah. a spiritual walk and the, the par threes, the par threes are honestly kind of, that's the only part I get confused because like all of them essentially go towards the ocean kind of or next to it. down towards the ocean where they're like these, there's just these rolling, you know, kind of rolling humps yeah. all the way down. Uh, I thought 14 was really cool too. Like there's this massive, massive mound in the middle of the fairway or they're like, yeah. you know, the fairway kind of goes over that. And if you, you know, bang it over the hill up the right, you got this great angle at the green, but the farther left you go, you know, the worse your stance and the worse your angle. Like, that was a cool hole. I could see left that one is where a... the good angle is on 14. If you can go left, then you're chipping up the hill from it. Right okay. is kind of where it, it kind of – that's where the, the the beef that our caddy had on that one was like all the balls kind of feed down to the right, and that's a, a tougher angle. Okay. For I one. could see that one being a tough one for a caddy where people could hit it 300 well, yards apart from each other. Yeah. <laughs> and Squid was saying too, he's like, yeah, the majority of the people I caddy for, like, they can't get it over this hill. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's a blind sh- second yeah. shot in for them. But yeah, and then I thought, you know, 16, really 15, 16, 17, 18. Oh my God. Was 17 crazy was good. so freaking cool. You got to get to 17. I, I God, I hope they never lose those trees along 17. Uh, but get out there. If if there's a possibility that those trees disappear one day, it's going to make 17 a lot less special. Yep. Neil, did we cover it all? Well, I got a couple things to say that I don't, I don't, I'm not woke enough to think about routing very often on a golf course. You're getting there. I'm getting there, but I'm not to that level of enlightenment yet. The routing reminded me of a game of pinball immediately. Like you nailed it. The first hole is electric, uh, but you come down. It's almost like, you know, when you pull the spring back in a pinball machine, you come straight down the side of the property and then it just shoots you out. And then you're kind of like bouncing back and forth. Like sometimes you, you hit a couple switchbacks and then it kind of, you know, extends for a little while and then a couple switchbacks so it's all over the map and then it, you come all the way back to that uh side of the property when you finish on 18. so i, I would call out that 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 stuck out to me on the first the first go around and i feel like the the course it's almost like the last 20 years abandoned has been a big focus group i feel like it's the perfect resort course 
it's it, they learned like okay in the wind like we need to make this playable in the wind. I think that course is probably the most playable in the wind. So it, it was great we played in the morning, but I'd almost say like I'd ask you guys this: Would you rather play there in the afternoon versus Pacific Dunes? Like it seems like that would be the play. I mean, it's probably the most playable in the wind as far as the course goes, but it's probably the highest winds on the yeah. whole property yeah, too because exactly. it's out on the point. It's, yeah. it's, there's a lot going on with those greens, and if you get going downwind on some of those, that would have been a lot to handle, I think. So, and uh, I, I, I know my, that my point is they learned. They learned from yeah. you know the other four courses. Okay, well, like you know, grass bunkers might be the play here. Like, let's make this enjoyable for golfers of all skill level. It's 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 a. Uh, long epic cruising blue to use the skiing analogy i was kind of thinking that same thing neil where i think it does you could make an argument that it, it does kind of take almost the best parts of of all the golf courses there you know you have kind of like the soul of old mac you have the like beautiful walk of of trails you have some of the like stark uh ocean views of bandon and pacific and you kind of roll them all up into this this thing that is just i'm kind of almost at like a loss of words like it's just it's unlike anything I've ever played. I was going to say. And for being just, you know, less than a mile down the coast or whatever it is, like, it's crazy that you can feel that differently about two different golf courses. Well, it with what they have at Bandon and Pacific, if you're going to do coastline, you got to hit, like, extra hard. Like, yeah. it, it couldn't be just as good view-wise as the other ones. It had to, like, really smash, and it does. It, if you go – look, if you get blown off the golf course, if you have bad weather, or if you truly have the worst round of your life, I can see you not having fun there. But it, honestly, if you – Go and play Sheep Ranch and don't enjoy it. Like you, you and That's I are not going to be good friends. I don't think. <laughs> like I just don't. I don't know how golf gets much more fun than that. Like I said, is it a perfect golf course? No, I will not say that. But it is so many fun holes and maybe the most perfect setting. Uh, Eighteen is like a four thirty six par five, which I don't know why it's par five. If you just put it felt par like a scorecard, yeah. No, that goes to that goes to the resort, like the focus group thing. It was like, you know what? Let's end it on a part like an easy par five because everybody will come off and be like, man, how about that birdie? You know, the 15 handicapper. Like, oh, you know what? Birdie the last one. What a, what a great feeling that is. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very true. I, I thought it was a great, a fun hole, a really good hole. It just didn't. It I, I thought 16, 17, 18 were exactly what I wanted 16, 17, 18 to be at Cabot Cliffs. I amen to that. Amen to like, that. It, it just like 16, the par, the par three, you know, they kind of goes through the dune and um, a couple that we met when we were out there, she had a um, a putter hole in one. A putter hole in one the day prior. We saw them at McKee's, and and you know there was a variety of different ways to play that shot. And then seventeen, the green just right mm. up against the cliff there. It's it's, it's so good. Seventeen and, and seventeen and six were just absolute treats. So I think that covers Sheep Ranch. Uh, one, one could one critique uh, oh. along with eighteen should be a part four. Uh, I would say the logo. They need to drop the S and R yeah. and and resize the uh, the shepherd's cane crook crook. That should be a sheep. Make it a make it a lamb. I was I was I'm not a wild not wild about the logo. I was in there. I was like, as I've said many times, that's the coolest walk I've ever had. Please let me buy some of your merch to to you know evangelize. And yeah, I just didn't like the logo. Couldn't get into it. It's overly minimal. It, overly minimal without any like risk. Yeah, you know, like, it, like yeah, yeah. Make it make need, it a little bit of a like if you know you know. You kind don't, of yeah, vibe. you don't need the S and the R. Yeah, the mm. best logo on properties by far is Preserve. Agree. Yeah, I think that's fair. I like Bannon Dunes logo with the puffin. But all right, that's going to bring an end to part one of this podcast. Part two will be out Tuesday, and don't forget to mark your calendars to tune into our uh, season premiere of Taurus Sauce. 
uh, this Tuesday. I believe 8 p.m. Might be 9 p.m. Haven't decided yet exactly, but Tuesday night, mark your calendars. Uh, Taurus Sauce Season 6, and stay tuned as well for Tuesday's Part 2. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! <laughs>